Okay, I let him back on the show, guys. I let him back, okay? Hey, you talk about the word nerf. I got a nerf right here for you, Rossi. This is Hobart Union Week. You can't cut me off the, the thing like that just like last time. Ten years ago, yesterday, you and me were in Geneva, New York for that Hobart Union game. You were on the mic with Thomas Santa Barbara, Connor Mardino. I was yep. bouncing up and down the stands. You know, this is uh, this rivalry goes back. This is the 105th time we were going to play you guys. This mouse what, what is more powerful mouse? than oh. any defensive back at Hobart because, let me tell you, oh it can delete God. you from the show. So you say the wrong thing in this show, JB, you're gone. It's a live show. You're gone. Never get back on. So you better watch your piece. Counselor, here, I object. <laughs> I, I would I call object. Tony Maldonado on you if you uh, don't uh, watch it, okay? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean Lucinia, by that? Running wild. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you gonna do when these thirty-four inch pythons come for you? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, okay. this should be uh, one of the games we probably talk about today on our live show here. Uh, we're also going to talk about the game I'm going to actually attend. I'm not going to Union Hobart because, look, we've got undefeated versus undefeated in Pennsylvania. Uh, that That's huge. And you, You're just going for the tailgate parties. Come on, Frank. I saw the invites. They're rolling out the red carpet. I did notice that our friend from Westminster College, Ian Barr, loved the, 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 the shout-out to his mom's chili he was. He's like it's a legendary status, and and I will be interested to see if anybody at Susquehanna can come close to that. We'll we'll have to get the mayor's recommendation or review after the fact. I, I love Barb Bar because last night she hits me up after all this. Is she's like, look, I've learned how to small batch uh, my recipe for chili because if you saw the picture from the other day, that was a huge, you know, crock pot of chili oh, that yeah. she had. Uh, and she's like, I, I'm happy to send you the recipe if you want. I'm like, listen, <laughs> me in a kitchen, you don't want that, okay? I'm good at a football game on the sideline. I can use an iPhone like no other. I can use Premiere Pro to cut shows uh, two days late uh, and uh, everything else. But uh, cooking, no. So, uh, you know, she's secretly hoping I don't find a better chili, though. So we'll see uh, how this goes. But uh, we appreciate the Bar family still to this day for uh, doing that for us, for me. In fact, I'm wearing the shirt in commemoration of that fact. Uh, the same blue shirt I had on that day. Uh, but uh, I, let's. I'm get wearing to a one shirt thing. for a different reason. What do you? Oh yeah, Trinity Prep. <laughs> Looks Regional good. semifinals today in Jacksonville for five o'clock. I can't believe it. This this might be the last ride for Katie and the Saints. But I have a feeling that we might actually. Come up with the upset tonight. We'll have to see what happens. There may go, be Katie, go Trinity later. Prep. Come on, let's get this going here. But uh, one other thing, uh, just to give you guys uh, the 411 on what happened this week. Uh, being a mayor is a little bit more than you think it will be on most uh, weeks. And uh, we had two school threats in two days uh, locally. Uh, and w- it was unlike much other I've ever experienced in my life uh, in terms of just the stuff that just kept coming in in terms of work, normal stuff, meetings, uh, new treasures starting today. So at this show, I'm flying out the door to meet uh, her uh, and then uh, that stuff. And so I apologize. And uh, we actually have a better plan for what's going to happen next week for our Crunch Time show to get it up to that Monday, Tuesday range, hey, not the Wednesday, Thursday. You know what, Mayor, though? I mean, I think we already hit close to 1,000 views in less than 24 hours. So thank you, guys, the D3 fans out there, for continuing to support our stuff. We'll try to we'll try to get it out there a little bit earlier. I think things are going to calm down a little bit in the last three weeks of the season. 
maybe not on the football field and on Saturdays, but hopefully with our you know work and other lives going on, I think we're 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 finding our groove. Uh, it only took nine weeks, Frank. We'll get there. Finding our groove. We can't find our groove in that much time. We we need a walker and a cane, I think, at that point. Anyway, um, let's start the show. We're coming up to week nine here. This is season fifteen of In the Huddle. That was impressive because he ran to get something. I don't know what he ran to do, but he got back just in time, getting his microphone back on right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the consummate professional, James Baker, is going to tell us right off the bat about Regions 1 and 2, about the games that we should be watching for in Regions 1 and 2. JB, catch your breath because I know you need a little oxygen at your age at this point, and go. Well, we got some wicked awesome matchups in region one frank um bridgewater versus mass datmouth uh this is pretty much i think going to be for the the mascot no 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 they can't clinch they can't clinch but what oh plymouth state is in week 11 it is it's not over yet it's far from over far from over so the corsairs need a win over bridgewater to keep them in the driver's seat i will say endicott versus curry looks like a game that you like i mean I can't blame you. It's like the battle of the birds. Um, you know, the Gulls have been shutting teams out left and right in New England. They look really solid. So it'll be interesting. But we've got some other games, you know, Western New England versus Husson, Anna Maria versus Gaidet, which is going to have an impact on the ECSC race. Uh, elsewhere, you got Utica versus Morrisville State, Springfield versus Merchant Marine, the uh, triple option bowl, as it were. That game will probably only take about an hour and a half to get done. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, the the so we'll get to we'll get to Hop versus Susquehanna. But RPI versus Ithaca is a huge game nationally and and for and in the Liberty League race. As I mentioned in our last broadcast, for some reason these engineers have yet to lose to the Bombers, and the Bombers are in a kind of in the catbird seat. They're in ranked number twelve or thereabouts in most national polls. They've been rolling over teams all season. So can the engineers' defense slow them down? We'll have to see. It's tough to win in Ithaca. Elsewhere, our alma maters are going at it, Hobart Union Week. But Susquehanna and, um, and Hopkins is going to be a huge game, b- both nationally. It has Pool C implications. The loser of this game has a good chance of being probably the only Pool C team picked from Region 2, just given the car pileup of, of conferences that we talked about already. Uh, it is kind of a bummer in a way that, that the seven-team limit is really going to impact um, you know, sort of our home region here. But elsewhere, Salisbury, Rowan, you know, we've got some great games all across regions one and two. And I think we're going to maybe talk about it a little more here, Frank. I mean, when are you headed down to, to Ceilings Grove here? Ceilings uh, Grove, Ceilings Grove. What's C- Ceilings Grove, Ceilings Grove. And, uh, Ceilings, Ceilings Grove. Yeah. I'm going to head, head to New York City tonight so I can make a nice easy trip. I don't know if there's such thing as an easy trip to Sealands Grove because you'll go through some rural Pennsylvania for a little while. Uh, remember in the old days, JB, 
Susquehanna was in the Liberty League. Way back they when. Were. Yeah, when we first started the show back Coach in the day. Coach yeah, back they, won when? The t- they yep. took the title, I think, in 2009 and took it with them on the way out the door. <laughs> Which is ironic because they're leaving the Centennial Conference this year to go to the Landmark. It would be like deja vu all mm. over again if they were able to do it. All over again, yeah. And uh, one thing I do want to uh, say, though, Utica-Morrisville State is actually a big game for Region 2 Pool C purposes, too, because if Utica can finish yeah. 9-1... And Susquehanna finishes nine and one, or Johns Hopkins finishes nine and one, depending on who it is mm. uh, that loses the game on Saturday. Then you have a real problem in terms of could you get two teams from Region Two through Pool C? A lot of questions to be answered still in these last three Gotta weeks. Gotta hope that the WEAC blows up, blows themselves up. I think how <laughs> oh, that could happen, but it it's been happening, and why can't it keep happening throughout the rest of the season? You want to know who uh, doesn't want to hear about 9-1 and one and Pool C and all that stuff right now? Salvador Gennari. Uh, Sal, how do you say your uh, last name? Let's get that right out of the way right now. Gennari. Gennari. Okay, you know, good Italiano right okay. there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, we're representing here, <laughs> Sal. Uh, from Susquehanna, uh, a grad DL uh, guy. Uh, and, uh, the, what, 280 pounds, it says, Sal, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, around 282 right now. So uh, go. Uh, I fluctuate a lot, but yeah, definitely around 280. Okay, so if you put two of me together, I, I could beat you. Okay, just barely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't know about that. Listen, uh, you know, uh, I saw in your bio one of your uh, career achievements. Uh, it was beating Johns Hopkins, uh, you felt. And uh, last year, though, obviously things were a little bit different when you guys came into this game with a lot of hopes and aspirations. Now you get another chance. You've come back as a grad student, so that tells me probably that you felt like there was unfinished business on the football field uh, after last year. So... Kind of give me the uh, preview here on this game. Uh, how does this feel? Does it feel different from last year? Is this team capable of taking down Johns Hopkins? Yeah, I, I, of course. Uh, so last year, you know, the outcome didn't really go our way. We didn't really have our best game. But uh, definitely this year, we're ready to roll uh, even more confident than last year. And, uh, you know, trying to get that feeling back from uh, when we won against them. And that's definitely one of my best best uh, days of my life basically it was it was awesome the atmosphere was awesome i can't wait to have everyone back for homecoming it's going to be a huge game great atmosphere yeah just excited to you know play tomorrow yeah i mean the the homecoming to boot i mean i guess tell us a little bit about what that scene is going to be like you know mayor rossi's driving down from new york for this big homecoming weekend party what can he expect tailgating game atmosphere and otherwise for this big centennial clash yeah so the tailgate they'll be out there probably at 8 a.m maybe even earlier setting up uh all the alumni that are coming back all the guys that i've played with will be there early say hi to them but there's going to be a bunch of juice on the sideline from those older guys uh yeah, it's it's a great atmosphere. I can't I can't really experience. You just got to get there and you know have fun, talk to everyone. It's a lot of guys come back. It's it's great. It's just great to see. 
I'll be there literally in 24 hours from when this live show yeah. is uh, premiering right now as we sit here. And so I'm excited. Uh, you guys uh, tried to get me there, though, last year. Uh, I, I remember the commotion you were causing on Twitter that Rossi needs to come to Susquehanna, to Sealands Grove, and the, this and that and the other thing. And we were this close to making it happen, but the season didn't end the way you wanted. And so, you know, what was that, not to reiterate kind of the same theme of the first question I asked you, but kind of take me through the end of last year and what the guy said, the decisions that people had an extra year uh, made ultimately uh, based on those conversations, kind of what was going on in the locker room after things sort of didn't go the right way for you guys at the end of the season to get you into playoffs. Johns Hopkins instead uh, took that up. We'll see bid ultimately. So... You know, take me through the end of 2021 and what happened that got you guys back together again in 2022. Yeah, so after uh, Hopkins week and then Muhlenberg week, we had uh, some some losses on our schedule, and then uh, we finished off our two games. And then uh, it was really big talk with the senior class, like you know, uh, we could go and you know make a run at it again. And uh, we have a core six guys that came back: uh, Brennan Krumenacker, Elijah Hoffman, uh, Michael Lefevre, Don Simpson. Of course, uh, Michael Ruchin and myself, and it was it was an easy yes for all of us. It was, you know, we we want to do this right. We want to win the last year when we're in the centennial. We want to do it right, and you know, it's it's great to be back in this uh, position. And uh, hopefully, the outcome, you know, changes not just like not like last year. So, yeah, it was it was an easy one for us. Well, talking well talking about this season, twenty twenty two. You guys have really only had two close games against Franklin and Marshall in week two and then against your sinus in week five. What what has your team as a defense, because both of those games were decided, but I think but, but less than a touchdown. The F&M game was a little more higher scoring. The, your sinus game was more lower scoring. But what were some of the takeaways that you guys can learn from that experience? Because I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty tight game too. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be a, uh, all three phases are going to have to do their part. I think, you know, those those games were won on the special teams. Basically, it was, you know, on the in the uh, your science game, we uh, had a little onside kick at the end and we recovered it. Sadly, the FNM game, we were really up high in the first half and then uh, we kind of got in a sticky situation in the second half. Uh, and the defense had to uh, stand up and uh, take over there, but... Yeah, it's definitely going to be down to the wire on Saturday. And uh, I, I just think all three phases are going to have to be a part of it and special teams being a really big part of it, actually. Sal, I, I think you have respect for Ryan Stevens, the quarterback of Johns Hopkins. Uh, he is definitely tough to get down. He's got a great offensive line in front of him, obviously, but uh, he plays a very heady game, not uh, unwilling to tuck it and run ultimately. Kind of tell me from your experience how you view Ryan and you know what you feel like when you get to that backfield and have him within your sights, basically. Yeah, he's uh, he's really cute. Uh, definitely very mobile. He when he sees a hole, he definitely takes it. Uh, we're just uh, trying to keep him in there, you know, keep our lanes, keep him in the pocket, not allow him to you know get out and freely run and uh, make plays uh, longer than they should be and. Uh, yeah, he's a great player. I uh, can't wait to play against him uh, tomorrow. So I imagine 
you know, once, of course, you guys win the game, that there will be a big celebration. Last year, I had the pleasure of dining with pretty much the entire Rossi family. We had the manicot, the pasta fajoule. What's what would be this the victory meal spread at the the Granari family here? Come on, tell us what what do you got? So uh, Frank will probably experience it tomorrow, but at the tailgate they'll have the chicken parm, the ziti, the meatballs, all that, sausage and peppers, uh, maybe a little Polish. My my side, other side of my family is very Polish, so you know pierogi. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of you know. That good, good cooked meals. Uh, so, so good. yeah, that's that's the big wow. uh, meal, right? JB, check some flights to Philly and let's go. Come on, <laughs> you can get here. It's tempting. Yeah. I, just, I got a date in Jacksonville tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no excuse, no excuse. Okay, so listen, you got the facial here going pretty good, no doubt. Uh, uh-huh. I, but I, we got to talk about somebody else's facial here that I found this morning. Was uh, doing my uh, research and everything oh, else. Boy. Coach Perk in this photo, I mean, that is some beard going on in this photo. It might be from last year. I don't know when exactly it's from, but I I mean, this guy looks so intense. Seems like a nice guy and everything. I I mean, we were communicating this week, set up this interview and everything else, and thank, uh, thank you to him for that. But, I mean, this is intense. That beard is something else. I mean, obviously, I, coaches that I've never met before, I've got to sort of try to figure out what they look like so I can shake their hand for a game or whatever. Uh, I mean, is this what he looks like right now? And uh, what is it like playing for a guy with this level of intensity? Uh, he definitely doesn't look like that right now. He's definitely a little more clean-shaved right now. Uh, but Coach Perk's a great, great head coach for us. Very intense in practice. He, he likes it on schedule. He likes the tempo to be great. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those guys you want to play for. He, he, he's been building this culture up for how many years he's been here. He's been here for a while now. And uh, it just I'm just one of those guys that just wanted to, you know, tag along on this ride, and he's just going to keep getting uh, stuff playing the football on the map. Just to follow up real quick, uh, JB, on something here, if I can. You, uh, going through your bio also, doing my, uh, uh, you know, preview here, Future aspirations, I don't know how old this is, but we'll we'll just go with this. To make the Dean's List, earn all conference honors, and be conference champions. You got three things there. Uh, are we succeeding on uh, those? Are we on schedule to make this all happen before you graduate? Yeah, so uh, I made the Dean's List. I'm, I'm on it this year also, so that one's off. And then uh, the all-conference happened last year. So hopefully that you know keeps happening again this year and then uh conference champs you know that comes down to this week and hopefully not next week but we get it done this week and uh just finish off you know we're trying to go 10 and 0 that's the goal so yeah so hopefully get that third one done uh this week well so i'm sure you know that this guy uh writes some stuff every once in a while for d3football.com and, and sometimes in their articles they do the thing where you know so and so is playing well if or when, what would you say would be the elements? So, you know, people tuning into this game, if they've never seen a Susquehanna game before, never seen you guys play Hopkins before, what would be the things to really look for in this matchup, you think? Uh, definitely turnovers on defense. That's going to be a big one if we get our offense in short fields to get points. Uh, Frank's going to hear the, the crowd roar when we got a, a big play. We love, we love throwing the ball down the field on those big plays. Um, and then overall, just having a lot of fun. Hopefully we had that turnover coat that our Susquehanna defense has. Hopefully we're wearing that a bunch tomorrow. 
But uh, yeah, just hearing the, the crowd roar, you're gonna you're gonna hear it on that live stream, hopefully, and it's just gonna be a so great wait, atmosphere. So wait a minute, I, I I need somebody to get this guy Frank in the turnover coat. I want to see what that looks like, Frank. You know, you you're gonna have to pose for a picture with a turnover coat now, right? Well, assuming that it's out and about because it means that, you know, they, they had to dig it out and get it to somebody. They're not going to just dig it out because they got zero turnovers in a game. And the one thing we've realized is that Reddit CFB, our friends uh, that, uh, you know, get us good 5,000 views at a time, they love a good turnover thing, uh, like the surfboard uh, or boogie board that Endicott has always seems to make a, a retweet from them. So the turnover yeah, coat might be an opportunity to get you guys some really good exposure uh, tomorrow. So make sure you get the turnovers so that we can get the turnover coat going uh, at that point, Sal. That, that's the biggest thing. We're not going to just drag it out for no reason, right? Yeah, for, for sure. I had it on a... I forget what game it was. I think it was week two. I had it on for a fumble recovery, but it definitely doesn't fit me, but I'm thinking it'll definitely fit you, Frank. And uh, it'll look good. We've got some shades here. The, the Joey Burrow shades. Throw those on. Take a flick. It'll be it'll be good. And then we have a nice little uh, theme song that goes in the background. Yeah, hopefully we're, we're posing for a couple pictures tomorrow. Sal, I like you, man. I, I, you're like family already. It, 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 true, it, the Italian-Polish uh, connection right there going on, I, I can tell. We're, we're going to get along just fine tomorrow as long as uh, things go the right way, obviously, for Susquehanna. It's going to be a tough game. It is going to be a tough game. I do not expect the same scenario that we had with what I thought was going to be a close game last week, Cortland-Utica, and ended up kind of being a little bit of a dog of a game. Uh, I, I think this is going to be something special. I can't wait to see everybody tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we'll see how we deal with the post game because you know the rule. You got to win to get yeah. the post game uh, interviews ultimately. So we'll yeah. see where it goes. But before anything else, Sal, floor is yours for shout outs to family, friends, teammates, etc. Hit it. Oh, definitely my uh, roommates. I have one right here, Elijah Hoffman. He's, he's, he's living, listening on the live stream. Uh, shout out for all my roommates, all the six years, BK. Feeve, uh, Rushi, uh, Dewey, and then also my family. They're probably tuned in right now. Uh, my mom, Judy, dad, Bernie, my brothers, uh, Nick and Bernie, and then all my aunts and uncles that are probably watching also. Uh, love you guys. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. And hopefully bring this to a win in South Carolina. Elijah's how far from the screen right now? Uh, he's probably about 10 yards away. He's sitting on the couch right now, tuned in. You Elijah, he's, he's all come, <laughs> come say hi, Elijah. You know you want to. Come on. Let's go. We don't have all day here. It's a live show. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he's not in the pajamas or something. Oh, there he is. Hey, what's up? Hey, man? Elijah, man. I like the hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Just woke up, so still young. <laughs> yeah, this is the challenge of the nine a.m. show. Think of if we ever have a West Coast guest on, how that's going to uh, go for them at six a.m. their time. <laughs> Tell, tell us about Sal. Give us a little Sal story before we leave here. Something that's going to make him embarrassed so that we can just leave and you guys can beat each other up afterward. Oh, jeez. I don't know about that one. But, yeah, Sal's a great great guy, really hard worker. He's a great leader of the team. And Sal's going to do a great job tomorrow and help the defense out. So hopefully we can get the W. There you go. Sal, great meeting you, sir. You I will meet you again tomorrow, but uh, you have your game face on. Don't worry about me. Get uh, get your job done, and we'll see who comes out ahead on that scoreboard tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I uh, can't wait to see you tomorrow. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's been a great pleasure. Likewise, sir. Yeah. And yeah thanks nice uh, to, to Elijah. Thanks to Sal. Oh, thanks to can... Coach Perk. 
All I can think about now is chicken parm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, chicken parm. That sounds so good. <laughs> it really, actually, really. I have a bagel sitting over here, and he started doing that. I'm like, can I sneak it in uh, between me being on camera? But we'll we'll live without it at this at this point. Uh, I, let's reset yeah. here because we have uh, two more slides to go through of uh, some other big games. Region three is an interesting flair to it uh, tomorrow. Uh, that Howard Payne team is finally going through their gauntlet. We're talking about Susquehanna's gauntlet yeah. coming up here. Howard Payne has the Harden-Simmons, Mary Harden-Baylor gauntlet still to go through. They are sitting there as the, an undefeated ASC team still. I'm curious to see mm. how this game goes tomorrow. Here is Regions 3 and 4, mainly with Region 3 on it. Go ahead. Yeah, well, not on the slide, but something we heard about the update with this kind of storm that's rolling through the Gulf. Um, Bellhaven's game against LaGrange got moved up to tonight. So if you want some D3 football, Friday Night Lights, 7 o'clock. Uh, I think it's 7 Central, technically. You can catch uh, you can catch the Blazers. They, they put on a good broadcast. But elsewhere, this Trinity Center game is really interesting, Frank, because the, the Colonels are, are no pushover. And uh, Trinity has, you know, to keep kind of going through to grind – out their schedule to get that SAA title and to finish undefeated. It's a big game in the in the Southeast U.S. Elsewhere in the Midwest, you know, upper Midwest, you know, in, in Michigan, you got Adrian versus Albion. That's always a great rivalry game. Um, Alma versus Olivet. Alma's still undefeated. Olivet's dropped a couple of games. They could throw a, a, a monkey wrench into the MIAA if they win there. Howard Payne at Harden Simmons. This is a game that really the Cowboys need to to win from for a number of reasons to stay alive in the pool C race. But Howard Payne, like you said, Frank, undefeated in the ASC, maybe they knock Harden Simmons out. I mean, with a second loss, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to get in. And then Randolph Macon has to uh, play Washington Lee, who's been up and down. RMC's trying to get an ODAC title. So it looks like, you know, you like Trinity Center. I like Randolph Macon, WNL, and out in Region Four, we both like Adrian Albion. It's a it's a great rivalry game between those two teams, so I'm definitely planning to tune into that one. And, and the mic is off. <laughs> we can't. That happened at least once a show. <laughs> at least once a show. You know it's going to happen, and, folks. Yeah. Check yeah. check off the box. Okay, got it. You uh, look at uh, how things ended with that Washington Lee game against Hampton Sydney last week, right? Uh, yeah. And that was mm -hmm. a tough way to end. They sh probably should have won that game uh, a mm -hmm. lot of different ways, and it didn't happen for them. And so here's a chance at home again to essentially try to, you know, knock off a power in your conference and create a lot of chaos in that conference if they were able to do it. But Randolph Macon has just never yeah. skipped a beat. Campanelli is doing a great job as quarterback for them. So you're going to have to bring it defensively to stop that guy somehow because I'm not sure who's going to stop him in that conference at this point. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, Nick Osterman, I believe, uh, got a little banged up at the end of uh, the center game uh, last time they had played. And so I, I hope that he is yeah. okay and able to play in this game for a good battle of quarterbacks there. Again, uh, we send our regards to Trenton Duper, who I'm sure will be watching that game. Uh, I've not uh, touched base with him in a little while. I like to you know, leave him alone with uh, his situation, but we'll try to keep you updated to the degree we can on how he's making out the uh, center quarterback who obviously is off this year due to the uh, cancer uh, situation he is facing. And uh, we send our prayers and support again to him. But uh, as you said, that ASC game is one to watch, I think, just to see are they real or are they not, Howard Payne. 
It, we, we've done yeah. this before with yeah. them. This dance has happened before where they seem to come in unscathed or nearly unscathed to this point of the season, and then suddenly, yeah, okay, it, it, you know, a lot to do about nothing ultimately. So uh, you point out yeah. well, though, is Harden-Simmons, we mentioned two other teams in Region 2 that are definite Pool C candidates, the loser of tomorrow's game uh, in the Centennial and Utica, perhaps. Now let's look at this fact of life going on here. And who knows, there may be a Liberty mm-hmm. League team that wants to throw their uh, hat into the ring of 9-1 uh, and one that will really create problems. Mm-hmm. These are quality mm-hmm. conferences, folks, with 9-1 and one teams potentially, with two lost teams in the WEAC ultimately looking in possibly saying, um, yeah, well, we're, we're really strong in this conference over here. What about us? And that's where things are going to get dicey when it comes to selections, if that's the setup ultimately. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Anyway, uh, that is uh, regions three and four. Here's regions five and six. Again, uh, five a little light, six really heavy with some powerful games. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, River Falls versus Whitewater is a huge game kicking off at 2 p.m. Eastern. That will have a – I mean, at this point, (laughs) the Warhawks looked pretty vulnerable um, last weekend. So maybe the Falcons can continue to to pile on what's going on there, make the WEAC more of a dumpster fire than it already is. I mean, lacrosse and Oshkosh is a huge game both of those teams have one loss in, in conference they're they're still fighting along for a um, conference championship well I think Oshkosh may have one or two losses actually but either way huge rivalry games out there in Wisconsin and then yeah in region five Monmouth versus Lake Forest is a big game Monmouth does not have a loss in the Midwest the Ripon faithful will probably be cheering for the Foresters there out in the northwest, um, Linfield takes on George Fox, which is probably realistically is the last challenge on their schedule before they, they call it a day. And then, oddly enough, I, I had in, you know, kind of as a little wink-wink, um, you know, this Northwestern and Minnesota-Morris game could end up deciding the UMAC, which technically gets an automatic bid. So, hey, why not? Throw them in there. Laverne, Kowloo, if you really want to stay up late, can catch that one out in, in T.O., in my old neighborhood out in California. And so, yeah, it looks like we agree on Region 5. And then, you know, Region 6, we, we kind of differ a little bit on the UW games. But, hey, both either one of those is, is it will be a great watch. We'll probably have them on simultaneously. And so uh, looking forward to seeing that. A couple things I want to point out, too. Uh, a game that I think it may actually turn into an upset, uh, and I'll give you my upset special on D3 football, I think Platteville is vulnerable against Stout because Stout's playing somewhat strong ball this season. Platteville, these last two games have been these really big games for them, so are they ripe for the letdown game at this point? And so watch out for that game that's not on our board here. Uh, Monmouth Lake Forest, I'm going to tell you, take the other direction. I think Rippon's rooting for Monmouth in this game because no matter what, really Rippon's got to beat Monmouth uh, later in the season here, yeah. do they not? So, you got to do your business. You got to take care of your own business no matter what. So, get Lake Force out of the whole mix is what probably Rippon's view is. Not have that three-way, one-loss tie scenario that comes down to leads in terms of number of quarters uh, that we saw last year, which is ridiculous uh, if it came down to that. Yeah, it looks like like the, the Rips are at Monmouth next week. So, that'll, that, that could be a de facto title game there as well. 
Yep, absolutely. So uh, there is that. And uh, let's come back out here as we uh, queue up our next segment here. And our next segment is uh, essentially our hype videos or uh, videos du jour of teams. That always seems to get us flagged on Facebook for uh, DMCA uh, copyright acts. So why not just try it again and see Great. if I get another flag after we get off the show. Uh, but let's go Sounds first fun. to yours uh, that you had sent me yesterday, uh, Hopkins, and uh, kind of give us the uh, background on this one. Well, there were three guys that got nominated for the National Football Foundation's Campbell's Trophy, and Johns Hopkins has one of them. So this was a nice piece that they put together for their nominee, and I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> I was blocking. <laughs> There you have it. And so, hey, I mean, probably one of the biggest matchups of the game you're going to tomorrow is going to be that guy against Sal who we just talked to a little while there. O-line versus D-line. Going to be some big guys crashing up in there. It's going to be great. Yeah, you know, I, I, I fear what happens if I have uh, the chicken parm on the sideline and uh, JR sees me with it. I, I'm dead meat right there because uh, you see the, some of those blocks he laid in there, the, something special. You can see why they like his technique. They like his play there. Uh, and it's tough to quantify when it comes to linemen, uh, how to exactly determine, you know, who should be getting it. We don't keep enough stats to do it, and yeah. we've tried over the years to increase the number of stats we keep on linemen, but uh, he's done a great job, and I brought up the fact that the line uh, Ryan Stevens uh, has in front of him is something special out there. It's interesting. I was talking to uh, some of the coaches at Balsapa High School locally here, and we were talking about why Hopkins always seems to be so strong, and I said they've got a national roster. They have guys from California and uh, you know all over the place yeah. that they're able to get because of the academic uh, nature of the school and so you get some special players from across the country there uh he was bringing up uh, rpi uh having the same thing with andrew franks back when and michael herman etc uh you know you're you're going well out of your general region to get guys of great strength and academic character in these schools and hey more power to them because they're truly, truly student-athletes in those situations. Congratulations, JR, on the nomination. And uh, finalist uh, nod that you got. So here's mine uh, coming up. Uh, I went for a little more of the uh, funny uh, video here. Uh, ETBU, uh, you know, they, they played some strong games against top-level opponents, although they didn't come up on the win uh, column against Mary Harden-Baylor and Harden-Simmons. But uh, nonetheless, at least they can still have a good time down there. This, Jack, this is a work of art. Yeah, I know. It's real nice, man. 
You see this? That's real abstract. But wait. Hey, what's that over there? That's a work of art. Hey, that is. Just look at it. It's so beautiful. It is, Jack. Jack, I have an idea. Yeah. We gotta take this. We gotta take it. Let's go. Uh, we we got to go back to to one moment in this if I can get there somehow, and you know what moments it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, listen, I I I laugh about a lot of things in life, but I mean, uh, yep. let's see let's see if I can get the yeah, hold on. We have to repause it, but <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I. I, I I wish I was there for the moment that they said, okay, so for this scene, oh you're going to be holding each other basically yeah. in your tears, looking at a uniform <laughs> on a mannequin, guys. <laughs> Outstanding acting by both of these student-athletes. I mean, it was well done. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Guys, I, I hope we didn't embarrass you too much. I hope yeah, The fact that you even did that tells me that you have a good sense of humor. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. I'm I'm in tears. That was just that's too good. So, <laughs> so I keep sending them through uh, Twitter, guys. Go, go make some good video productions. Please do not use commercial music on them so that we don't get in trouble. Okay. Use the use that free stuff on YouTube and whatnot that's out there. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little jazzy. Anyway, that was swinging. Yeah. Absolutely. You you know what else uh, is pretty swinging out there? You know what what I like? Predictions. There, that's got some jazz to it for me. Five games still, right? We're tell, uh, still. Yeah. Five. Uh, I'm gonna start. Hang in there. First game is uh, one that uh, we pointed out was interesting to say the least coming up here. And I go first, Bridgewater State versus Mass Dartmouth. Can't fit the name on the uh, darn slide anymore. So we just use UMD. Nope. Uh, and I'm going to give UMD the edge. It was uh, back and forth with uh, Dante Villa Santos, uh, our 60 Minutes of Damn Football friend. And he, uh, he <laughs> says their team's ready for this. The interesting thing is they play this game, they get a bye finally in Week 10. And then Week 11 is that Plymouth State game. So... You know, you can throw caution to the wind to a certain degree. You have two weeks to lick your wounds if you're UMD here. Bridgewater State having a good season, don't get me wrong, but the Bears will not win here. It's going to be the Corsairs beating the Bears by the uh, final score of 35-21. Yeah, I think I'll go with that pick. I mean, I know Bridgewater has been kind of creeping around in the background here, but I think this is the Corsairs' year. I'll take them. 
Yeah, 3521 sounds good. Why not? I'll double down on that one. So here's one we didn't have our list earlier, but I wanted to uh, give a little notice to and pick it. Endicott versus Curry. Endicott's uh, big games are sort of reducing on their schedule, but they're facing their old coordinator in this game, now head coach at Curry, mm. Coach Parsons. So go ahead. Yeah, that might make things a little more interesting, a little closer score, but I still feel like the Gulls are the, the class of, of Region 1, not named Del Val, so I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Endicott to win this one. Maybe not a shutout this time, but a comfortable, let's say, lower scoring 24-14 to 14 kind of game. Never easy in the road. Curry uh, can bring it. And I have a feeling, actually, this one gets Purple a little range. closer than they want. Uh, and... Maybe they need a game like that as they prepare to get to games like Salve, etc. So, Endicott, I'm going to say, wins this game for sure, but they pull away late to do this uh, 33-17 to 17 with that late pull away. Next game up, we'll go to Region 2. Hopkins versus Susquehanna. Crap, I have to go first. Uh, wow. I, you know, I didn't even think ahead about what I would uh, do here with this game. And yeah, because there's this emotional side of me that wants to say, with all the back and forth of Susquehanna and all the uh, hubbub with me coming into town and all this stuff, there's an emotional attachment right now to pick Susquehanna. But I also know who Hopkins is. But you know what? This team, Susquehanna, knows what it feels like to be on the losing side of this last year with similar circumstances coming in, except Hopkins had the loss versus Muhlenberg at that point. This is Susquehanna's year. I'm going to say Michael Rouge and company win this yep. game 30-20. Wow. That's a that's a bold prediction. I, I you know, after talking to Sal, I was thinking the River Hawks and you know, but I'll I'll stick to my California roots, at least, you know, my 13 year run out there. Um, and I just feel like Ryan Stevens and the Jays with J.R. Woods and company, they're, they're prime. They could be a Final Four um, semifinalist type of team, potentially. So I'll, I'll try to pick up a game here or lose a game. What the heck? Hopkins, prove me right. 35-31. Region 2 has another big game for us. This time it's your turn. Union at Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> At least we got something in your column yeah. here to start with. I, I'm going to take some coffee while you think yeah. about this one. Well, in my my little you know coming at you blog, um, I picked Hobart 27 to 24. I think that their strength of schedule and the teams that they've played have better prepared them. It's going to come down to can David Cruson play the same kind of game that he played that we saw in person in Schenectady last year. This would save Hobart's season to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, I just feel like Union's mostly untested, so I'll, I'll take this, the Statesman at home. They, they, they tend to win at home. They haven't lost a Union at the Boz since 2008. Come on, guys. We need something good here. It's been, a, it's been a rough season. What was your final? 27-24. 28-24 Union. Uh, 28-24. Okay, you got, got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan Picatti's nice company okay. had, uh, will uh, know how to win this game. I, I, it's going to be a good game, no doubt. 
I also want to uh, reserve after this uh, countdown's done two other games we should be picking from Region Two. So remind me, and we're going to have a total of fourteen games, but not on the clock with the last two. Okay? Two for two. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Uh, we got uh, Region Three. Randolph make it a W and L. We got to go a little faster here. Uh, I just think make Randolph Megan is the class of this conference right now. Campanella and Company uh, get thirty-five. W and L gets twenty-four. Yeah, Randolph Macon, I think, will actually win more going away, 41-27. Trinity at center. I like the Tigers, even though Trinity is going to be uh, tested in Kentucky. Uh, lower scoring, 21-14, maybe like last week's game against Barry. Tucker Horn, I know you're watching. Here's what I want to see from you. I want to see you actually start and get that first half in your control. This is something that's been lacking a little bit from their team. They have not taken control of a game early the way that you would think that a number five team should be doing or whatever rank they are at this point. Okay. I, so I think Tucker Horn and company need to come out firing and taking an early lead and holding on to this game to win 31-20. Next up is going okay. to be Howard Payne at Harden-Simmons. I just think that we've seen the story play out before. I'm not a believer yet in Howard Payne. If they play close here, I might become one when they get ready for UMHB. So for now, I'm going to say Harden-Simmons wins this game 42-27. Yeah, I think I'll take the Cowboys also. Um, pulling away late, 45-21. Adrian at Albion in the MIAA Region 4. I mean, the Brits probably should have lost at Trine uh, last weekend, but they found ways to win with defense and special teams. So, uh, you know, I know Aaron Jenkins and company are going to bring hell, <laughs> you know, to this uh, to this matchup. But I feel like the Brits are the, the team to beat 21-20. Um, it's going to be a close call, but they'll find a way to win. Yeah, Albion at home, I think, uh, has a better shot here than what was happening last week, and they were lucky to sneak away with that win, honestly. Uh, you know, congrats to them. Obviously, they uh, yep. used a lot of power to do it, but still, you know, I, I did, was not a gimme. That's for damn sure. Uh, Albion wins this game, though, 31-20. Mammoth at Lake Forest. You know what? A master motivator is Jim Catanzaro. I know he's facing injuries still over there. The ripping game is one they let get away, in, in my estimation. Watching the end of that game, I think they should have had that game. And he knows it. They're at home here. Lake Forest wins 28-21. And, Kat, I'm telling you right now, if you guys delete the damn video off your archive, I am coming to Illinois finding <laughs> you and getting the video myself after the beatdown I have to give to you, okay? Just listen to me. I'm the mayor. Oh. You keep the damn video up, and the mayor says keep the video up. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Well, I think yeah, I think the Foresters will bring some old-school hip-hop and, you know, They'll, they'll get the win, 17-14. Lacrosse at Oshkosh. I really just threatened the man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, good luck with good luck with that, Frank. <laughs> yes. Good luck. <laughs> I'll Go start ahead. on this one. What the hell? Uh, lacrosse has been, you know, kind of the, the up-and-coming team in, in the WEAC behind the Warhawks. The, the Titans were that a few years back. I feel like as good as the Titans are at home, I think the Eagles are going to eke out a close one. I'll take UWL 21-17. 
Yeah, remember, Whitewater, despite having more losses overall, is technically the leader if it's against Lacrosse because they've won against them head-to-head. Lacrosse needs to win to yeah. stay in a pace with Whitewater here no matter what. Whitewater or Lacrosse right. loses once, they may be done, factually, from this whole situation. Lacrosse wins this game 28-27. It's going to be really good, but they're going to come out with this win. Uh, River Falls at Whitewater. I say it in quick hits. Whitewater, I can't remember the last time they lost two games in a row. And I don't see it happening here. At home, especially. It's funny. We talk about Coach Perk, and this game's at The Perk. So a lot of perks going on around here. The Perk, uh, yeah. Uh, Whitewater wins this. It's percolating. Lewandowski, 31. Uh, River Falls, uh, 21. Yeah, I'll take the Warhawks. I, like you said, I can't remember the last time they lost two games back-to-back, so Warhawks win. Lower scoring game, 21-14. Finally, on our uh, list here, Linfield at George Fox. George Fox has quietly put together only one loss in this season, and so this is a really big game. If George Fox wins this game, they may win the conference, and then Linfield bursts somebody's bubble, ultimately. That's that's how big this yeah. game is, and it's kind of gone by the wayside for a lot of people with zero on our clock here. Uh, go ahead. I mean, uh, you know, the Foxies have, have done pretty well this season, but Linfield just looks like they're at a more of a national semifinal playoff level. So I'll take I'll take the Wildcats uh, pulling away late, thirty five seventeen. Yeah, I agree with you here, but I think this is going to be closer than that, honestly. I think George Fox has been waiting for this moment a little bit. This is, you know, you talk about moments teams wait for, you know, like Susquehanna getting the second chance at that moment, just go around. I I think this is a moment where George Fox at home is going to at least make a showing in this game and make it interesting. We said this before, and then I look like a damn fool every freaking time. Uh, Linfield wins this game 28-21, not 24, 28-21. And uh, so a couple other games not on the board here, so we'll just go back to our uh, top-level slide here. Uh, First off, Liberty League, RPI, Ithaca. Remember what happened last year? Uh, And RPI and the field goal fest uh, there uh, ended up winning it. Uh, I mean, that was just a crazy game. Does it repeat itself in any way, shape, or form? I'm going to say no. I think Ithaca wins this game by the final of 17-14. But the defenses are going to be the story of this game again, I think. It's going to be low scoring, which makes RPI possibly with a chance at the end of the game to sneak one in. But I, I just feel like Ithaca is going to be able to do it here. What do you think? Yeah, I think the fact that it's at Butterfield on the grass is going to help Ithaca. Right now, I'm looking at the at the weather in Geneva. It's 39 degrees. It's going to be kind of a cold and dreary day on Saturday in upstate New York. And um, so I think that plays towards the, the Bombers to a certain extent. I'll take them. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a 21-20 game. It's going to... It's always crazy with RPI. They always find ways to get back. Maybe you know what? Actually, it's going to be ten to seven. Or nine I, to seven. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny you that. I honestly would not deny. Seventeen fourteen is the same score basically. When you get down to it, just with a mistake yeah. maybe on each side. Uh, okay, the other game, 
and listen, if Ithaca loses to RPI, there's another bubble getting burst somewhere because you've got to think that if you have a one-loss team in uh, the Liberty League uh, named Ithaca, ultimately, that is hanging out there, they're going to be picked as Pool C. So again, th- th- these mm-hmm. games, because of how these regional rankings are working in Region 2 and how everything is playing out in Region 2, these games matter more than even the games in the Midwest, I'm going to claim to you right now, folks, because yeah, you're looking at potential one-loss teams. The Midwest is looking at a lot of potential two-loss teams being in their regional rankings right now. And then how do you line them up? So stick with us these next couple weeks. going to be a wild ride. Other game? Utica and Morrisville State. Tony Maldonado, uh, go watch his stuff today uh, about this game. Yeah, he gives you gives you some good insight about the Mustangs and uh, whatnot. But uh, you go first on this one. Jeez, um, yeah, Utica just really you know struggled so hard against Cortland. It makes you kind of scratch your head. But then again, I mean, Morrisville did too, but they're. Defense held them to 28. I don't know, man. I think I might go with the with the Mustangs. I think the defense might be the difference. But is it at home for Utica or is it at Morrisville? Is that Morrisville? What the, what the heck? Mustangs. I think they're they they might pull a, pull it off. 21-17. So Utica's got a habit out there of starting hot and then losing chunks of games. And so I I agree with you that there's a real possibility here that Morrisville could win this game. Coach Faggiano, great coach, great motivator. This is the biggest challenge of his career right now because you're taking a little bit of a drubbing against Cortland and... You know, mm-hmm. in the second half, they didn't do horribly in that second half. Don't get me wrong. They, they, uh, yeah. Coach Gerbino uh, uh, and I were talking, and he's like, I was at least impressed with our guys in the second half. They maximized their possessions in the second half. There weren't many because there were long possessions for everybody. But, you know, moral victories aside uh, in certain parts of games, they've got to motivate these guys to realize you're still in the running here. And they are legitimately. they got one of the best strength of schedule uh, numbers out there right now, does Utica. So if they win yeah. this game, which should not hurt their strength of schedule because the Mustangs are, you know, what one loss still at this one point? One loss team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. in Utica, between the two of those, Utica has the better resume overall. So if we're going to have a bubble team with one loss in the Empire 8, Utica's got the better chance to get in with it. So I'm going to say Utica wins 35-21 again. But listen, history would say you are absolutely right about this, JB, that they should lose this game. They've got to break this type of skid that they're too used to doing. Yeah. What else do we got here? Uh, well, first, let's go to your how to watch uh, the action. The depressing point of uh, what's coming up this week is that most games are at noon one or two, especially noon or one uh, out there. But, you know, you got a couple West Coast specials. It's just we're starting to consolidate the schedule in a way that makes it tough to watch all the games you'll want to watch out there, folks. Uh, JB pointed out the uh, Bellhaven game, was it? Uh, or which game was it? Uh, Tonight. Yep, tonight yeah, they'll have uh, got just tonight at seven. Yep, yep. Well, so don't forget about that. Central, you can watch think, that. Yeah. But then tomorrow, how would you watch what's out there? 
Well, I mean, I think I would probably initially check in on that Bridgewater Mass Dartmouth game because that's definitely going to have an impact on who wins that conference. So I'd probably start there. Um, I know that some of the, the Liberty League games are kicking off around 1 p.m. There's going to be some great matchups also there in Region uh, 2. In Regions 3 and 4, I think most of those games are starting around 1, 1 to 2 Eastern. And then out in Wisconsin, you have those two huge WEAC games kicking off at 2 o'clock Eastern. So it's going to, like you said, Frank, it's going to be really condensed. So you're going to have to be sort of strategic in how you pick and choose and maybe just keep an eye on the scoreboard to see what's going on. But it's going to be tough to pin down anything. I mean, later in the afternoon, you get the uh, Linfield-George Fox at 4.30, which should be one of the very few games going on. Um, And then... You know, there's the there's some of the late night stuff in in the Skyac if you want to check that out, but yeah, it's going to be really condensed between that 12 to 2 uh, kickoff time slot. So basically, for about four hours straight, there'll be lots of things happening all at once, and and good luck keeping up with it all. <laughs> and to avoid this uh, show going more than an hour, uh, we got four minutes, so I want to say one thing. As you're talking, I was thinking about the idea of. You know, 10 years ago, we could never have had that segment where we would just say, uh, talked about what you can watch and how you should watch them and everything and how lucky we are in mm-hmm. Division Three now to have video for virtually every game out there. That said, and, you know, archive issues aside, folks, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, everyone, uh, Come on, let's talk about production values. I remember watching the Hanover Mount St. Joseph game at Hanover last week, and even on a 60-inch screen, you would not be able to see most of the action going in the opposite end zone uh, on the opposite side of the field. And so, look, spend a little extra money, talk to your boosters, get the extra money to get somebody to pay somebody that knows how to do a little bit of video production, get some tighter views of it. You know, if you're going to take pride in something you do, you should take pride in what you do, uh, you know, on video and everything else because you're showcasing your team. Do the better job of showcasing that, you know, high and tight. You may not even have to hire a... You may not even have to hire a professional. I mean, there are yeah. there's probably students on your campus that can do this. I mean, Luke Foreman, who used to play at, at Mount Union and Mary Harden Baylor, now works for the Tennessee uh, uh, Volunteers yeah, as like yeah. their main video guy. He's like 23, 24 years old, and he's made a, this into a career. There are kids on your campus that can shoot your games that will look amazing. Go get them. Uh, and you don't even have to you know, have the bells and whistles. It can be a one-camera production and still look right because just follow the ball, follow the action. I mean, not everybody <laughs> plays the triple option out there, so you don't lose the ball half the time. When it's triple option, even I struggle, okay? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where are you, JB? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the, okay. So, yes, okay, now that you're doing that, I, I'm going to spend the extra minute to talk about the uh, Anna Maria press box, the sides of the press box blocking the view of the end zone. There has to be a better way, guys. There has to be a better way. Yes. <laughs> when I'm cutting crunch time, it is one of the most frustrating things. We're like, and sometimes what happens is I don't get to get the clips until after we do the script, and then I see what I'm left with, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh no, I really need to clip this stuff. And here's a touchdown. Yes. <laughs> or, or. Here's the touchdown. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. He that's... throws the ball. <laughs> oh, my God. Have a laugh, Zed. This one's in a while. Thank you for that this week because it's been a week. Uh, and, folks, geez. as we said, it, it has yeah. been a week for all of us. We're going to do better for you uh, going into week 10 with our week 9 highlight show and our week 10 preview. 
what we do in week 10, we're not 100% sure yet. This, this game, this game on our hats, uh, will have a lot to do with what we do in week 10. And you'll know why, probably, because I've got to stay upstate next week for a variety of reasons. And we can either do our week 10 studio show we have uh, done for the last few uh, seasons, or we can uh, maybe cover Union Ithaca. Oh, geez. I don't have it mine here. That's, that's not fair. Oh, wow. Are you going to get that off? I can't hear you now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my. So anyway, folks, idea. we're at an hour. We got to go. Good luck to all the teams this weekend. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a real interesting discussion on Crunch Time, though, about who's really in the running for Pool C for the simple reason we may have a glut going on with teams in certain regions and other regions that have strong resumes looking with two losses, wanting to be in there too. And how does the committee distinguish one loss teams to two loss teams across regions? Not easy. Not easy at all. We'll try to break it down next yeah. week for you. But first, the action. We'll see you on Twitter throughout the weekend. Thanks, folks. Hey, Susquehanna. See you soon. Chicken parm. <laughs>